Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to episode 29 of the Young Contemptibles podcast. I am your host, Dominic Blythe, and I'm joined here today with Mr. Stephen Davis and Mr. Peter Neal. Hello, chaps. Hey there, mate. You all right? I'm doing very well, thank you, Peter. And yourself, Stephen? I'm keeping very good, mate. I can't complain. Still on a little bit of riding the wave after the uh, festival still. I think the adrenaline's still still there. I'm still yeah, really having uh, some great flashbacks from a top weekend, really. But how about yourself? Oh, of course. Yes. What an incredible weekend. So for those who aren't in the know, a few weeks ago, we put on the Living History UK Festival at the Chilton Open Air Museum, where we played host to 13 incredible groups um, representing various different periods of history. Um, and it, well, what a, what a time we had putting it together and just the event itself. Um, I was absolutely shattered after it. And I've only just about recovered from uh, from all the all the hard work that um, that was put in over the weekend. Peter, Tom, and um, I have have has yourself recovered after the uh, after the monumental weekend that we had? Just about, yeah. Uh, I'm still starting to chill out now because um, after the uh, festival, I went. Well, I say straight away, but then the following weekend after that, I ended up going to Croach following weekend so yeah it was two two weekends on the bounce for me so it was uh yeah so i've, I've started winding down now Crikey. Hope, hope, hopefully i'm gonna have a bit of a break this weekend <laughs> <laughs> a well-deserved one i think peter i was I spent, you know the three of us so uh as i say for those who don't know the three of us have over the past year have been have been planning this uh has been planning this festival uh, much blood sweat and toil has been poured into this and now of course it's all starting to gear back up again for next years for living history uk 2022 so steve um can you tell us a little bit of um 
of the idea that you um so sort of well the idea the um sort of an insight and into any of the of the prep that that came before the weekend so it's kind of two main reasons why we put the festival on really um i mean there was a lot of preparation but i think the the earliest memory of preparing the festival is kind of had this outlandish idea to put uh, an event on that was like catered more so for the people taking part selfishly than it did for the people attending and it would be a byproduct that the fact that the living historians enjoyed the event then the public would as well and that was the first sort of thought of it all and that kind of morphed into this this fully blown festival with uh, many many more groups getting involved and more periods being covered and then we started getting more traction on uh, on on the social media channels especially um tiktok as well so it started off um to a, to a, a sort of le- to a level um just just being myself sort of having this idea and then bounced it off people such as such as pete such as yourself as well dom uh, and then we all started piling in and pushing in the same direction and it just morphed into this massive event that i'll be honest completely surpassed my expectations i didn't for one minute think it would be uh, any form of failure but nor did i realize it would be such a, a you know resounding success as, as it has been and people are still talking about it now on social media nearly two weeks on and putting photos up and yeah as you said a lot of blood tears toil and sweat went into the event it took a, took a lot of planning uh, but it was a complete uh, pleasure for for me to uh, to sort of uh, obviously be involved I'm sure speak on behalf of you two um, as well but yes you alluded to uh, a little bit of planning for next year there's Nothing public yet, guys, for those of you listening, but it will be uh, coming out in due course. So do keep an eye on uh, on our socials. But uh, just switching over to Pete for a moment. Pete, what was um, your sort of uh, experience in the run-up to the organisation and being a, being a part of one of the sort of key, uh, key, key members of the three of us uh, organising the festival? Um, I think... I think with it being run between the three of us, I think it made it a lot easier, I think... Um, because I think if it had just been one person dealing with everything, it would have been a case of why am I bothering? I think, although, although once once in a while we we, we were sat there going, why are we bothering? <laughs> but um, but yeah, I think if it had all been on the shoulders of one person, I think I don't think we would have accomplished what we actually accomplished with the three of us working on it. Oh, 100%, Pete, 100%. I mean, as, um, just, to, just to echo what you said, you know, there were quite a few uh, times when my, me and myself, you know, pause and, and just going, you know, crikey, what what have I got myself into here? You know, um, tr- trying to sort of liaise between, you know, all this, you know, the different groups and, and, of course, and the museum and trying to make sure all the different pieces of the puzzle finally, um, you know, fell together. Which of course they started to on Thursday when we arrived at the site. We arrived at the Chilton Open Air Museum. Just you know, the three of us and Jack with his Bedford lorry, and and of course Les. You know, the, those who were there we met with this with this museum and this blank canvas, so to speak. We had you know, like artists. We had the vision in our heads presented with this blank canvas, and it was our duty to uh, to start, you know, putting the paints on onto the canvas to uh, to create this image. Um, and of course, you know, it wouldn't have been, you know, we we were greatly aided uh, by the likes um, such as, you know, our um, friends and colleagues 
uh, Les, um, who helped, and uh, John Shanahan as well, who who helped um, of um, our um, military collectibles on uh, YouTube, um, who came along um, on the Friday, and you know, um, over the weekend he was a great help, um, and you know he's um, and as as well as Les, you know, all those who outside the, the the three of us who who helped with organizing it your your effort was greatly appreciated and the work you did was you know was unparalleled and and like you know we'd and we'd like to thank you for that yeah absolutely the if it wasn't for the likes of the of the lads that came along to help us again it was one of those it's if it had just been us three the um we would literally been torn to pieces um having to do group checks getting around the site doing up while well, doing filming as well because obviously we're filming the uh our you know our latest youtube video as well uh highlighting the event showing people that who weren't able to attend what they would have seen if they did attend if that makes sense um among and also running our stall as well because we had the living history uk stall there selling some of the merchandise that we sell in our shop um we just with the three of us we just could not have done that and with the likes of john and les they made that possible and they and they and they worked like absolute trojans as well and also they they like we didn't have to tell them anything either it was literally they fought on their feet as well they literally as soon as a problem arose that was it they dealt with it and yeah they were absolutely sublime couldn't agree with you there any more than that, Pete. So Thursday we get on site. Friday we start. Uh, we start setting up the the venue itself uh, for for the for the ensuing horde. And I think um, you know the most fulfilling part of the whole weekend was you know standing at the gates at, at five o'clock on Friday afternoon and you know seeing seeing all all the participants queue, queuing up in the in the vehicles and uh, meeting and greeting them people who we hadn't you know sometimes hadn't hadn't met in person before and now you know meeting um, eating in the flesh and just seeing just seeing all the keen and excited individuals ready to to come on site and put on an incredible show and i think for myself you know that was probably one of the most fulfilling parts of of the whole planning process and the build up to the weekend itself was was just seeing that that queue of of, of eager living historians ready to participate in what they knew was going to be a quality event I think that's one of the, the key things as well, because those people who came and took part, all these living historians, they really, they really bought into the event. They got the vibe. We, we set out to achieve uh, telling the story of the, the fighting British soldier of the past 200 years. And you know, they all bought into that. And that was, that was amazing. Even before we got to the event for me, that was like, Oh, these groups who we've invited, they're all, the groups who have been invited, they haven't asked to come to the event. We've gone out there and handpicked them based on, on the quality of the groups. And they've said to us, no, it sounds like a really good event. I like the idea, like the mantra behind it. And that would, it, for me, even before the groups got there, I was like, that's, that's incredible that these, these people are actually bought into the idea. But yeah, echoing that, when the groups turned up, when those, uh, you know, the Willys Jeeps arriving and the, uh, you know, the Wimmick turns up and the Snatch, all these vehicles start coming and then all the uh, you Napoleonic know, guys are, are coming along and so forth. Uh, not in a horse and cart, though, of course, but in their modern vehicles. And it, all, all those pieces started coming into place and that jigsaw, which, you know, first thing on Friday morning was completely bare. All those pieces were being put into place. And this 
picture that Don was alluding to earlier, being us being artists, that picture was being steadily painted. And come Saturday morning, the um, the venue was just buzzing and alive with history, which is what we really, really set out to do. It was um, it was great seeing everyone arrive and get into the whole vibe of the event. I couldn't agree with you more um, there, Steve. So Friday, groups are arriving. Uh, they're going to start to set up. And again, you so yes, it's all well and good having, you know, seeing people come through the door. But when, you know, when you start seeing this physical manifestation of, of the event start to come about, when, you know, we start, you see, start seeing tents starting being erected, displays starting to be fleshed out. And, you know, I, I remember, you know, look, looking around and then, you know, in the, looking to, at Steve and Pete and just going, you know, it's happening all, all off, you know, a year's worth of planning it's coming to fruition. It's the colors are melding together and everything is, is coming to life. Um, it, it, an absolutely incredible, incredible feeling. So as I say, this, this, this vision is, is all coming together on Saturday morning. The, the event, well, it's Saturday. The event is now on. So Pete, can you talk us through, um, again, for those who um, were unfortunate enough to, to not be able to attend, um, what, what, what did we have going on throughout the day? So throughout the day, you had all the living history groups doing their thing, basically, because um, they were just told, do whatever you want, long as it's in keeping with your time periods, just roll with it. So um, so the Napoleonic encampment, you could see them doing drill or like the camp followers. They, uh, I, when I went to one of my visits there, uh, one of the camp followers was making bread um and another one and one of the riflemen was making musket balls um loads of little snippets like that and that was like that through all the groups as well as like you go all the way down to where pbi and les parachutists were doing uh ryan crossing in 1945 uh you had guys sat at the wireless sets they were doing radio checks and things like that it was and then like the sas lads were checking the vehicles over gearing the vehicles up and things like you know it's like you'd literally just walked into a time slip. So yeah, that's, that's, that's what was happening in general with the groups. But then also throughout the day you had lectures. So in the, uh, I always call it the schoolhouse, but I don't think it is actually the schoolhouse, like the village hall or something like that um, is where we had all of our lectures uh, by one, which um, happened down at the uh, world war two site uh, with Les Parachutists when they did their talk on the, uh, armored SAS Jeep. Um, but then throughout the day in the lecture hall, we had Jake Brown giving a lecture on Operation Sea Lion. Uh, we had myself doing the evolution of the British soldier from 1914 to 1918 and how his kit varied from there, from then on and things they changed and things like that. Um, we also had Steve doing the Napoleonic soldier as well. We had Rifleman Moore from YouTube, Simon Moore, or as I say, more commonly known as Rifleman Moore from, from uh, YouTube fame. Uh, he did a, a really good lecture on the domino theory, um, all about uh, the Cold War in uh, Southeast Asia, which was really, really interesting. That was very different and really good. And we had Ramsey Green as well, and he did a lecture on World War II rations. Uh, which is very interesting. And that's, that's also a very hard subject to actually make interesting. Um, but Ramsey made it interesting, which he always does, because his uh, knowledge on 
rations of the Second World War for the British soldier are absolutely phenomenal. Um, and also we had uh, Laurie Alice as well of TikTok fame. Um, she came along and instead of doing a lecture, she actually put something on for uh, the children, basically. the Because um, I had all these lectures, obviously, for people wanting to see the lectures. And we sort of... She, we caught, we 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 were like sort of in talks with her, and we saw do whatever makes you comfortable. And and she's a teacher; she's a history teacher by trade. So she's like, well, you know what? I'll do like an escape room. Um, so they did. Uh, it was so it's like a, it was an escape room, but a, ble- a like a Bletchley Park themed escape room where you had a set of puzzles um, and things like that, and you had to work out all these puzzles and all you know. Um, uh, and then you could get you no know, get out the room or you know win. And uh, I'm happy. To, <laughs> I'm not very proud to say that uh, Living History UK formed a team to do it to see how we get on. And I, <laughs> I don't see how I can't see how thirteen year olds could work some of these out. I, I definitely couldn't. <laughs> my brain literally fell out of my head about halfway through. Um, but it was fantastic, though. So it was an excellent mix in those in the, in the, what was going on in that schoolhouse. And then we move over to the arena as well. So in the arena, we had the Napoleonics doing drill and firing. So people got a taste of how Napone- how basic the Napoleonic soldier fought. Because if the Napoleonic soldier couldn't do drill, he couldn't fight. Because it was uh, very focused around drill. Um, and also the Zulu War as well so we had the 13th sorry rifles and the diehards they both went into the arena again showing how the drill has evolved in that sort of 70 year gap um and how the british soldier was doing things in the fields of south africa in in 1879 uh, and that was basically uh, what was going on throughout the day what an incredible whistle stop tour pete yes um as uh, as as Pete said, absolutely jammed, packed, full of action, and um, yeah, I wholeheartedly enjoy, enjoyed the uh, the lectures and and you know the displays and what have you. Um, as you said, like the Napoleonics uh, and the uh, and the Victorian stuff was very insightful into uh, how the British soldier fought in those periods and and the complexity compared with uh, you know how um, how we perform uh, today and in the Second World War. And it's just uh, it's a very good comparison, very eye opening. So, Stephen, what would you say was your favourite part of of the weekend? If you if if you could pick um, one, let's be generous. What two moments from it? So, I'm going to pick two moments, but the, well, three if I'm being completely uh, cheeky. But you can roll two of them almost into one. So, one of the one of the moments I kind of look back at and just think, oh, that was nice. Was when we went and did the escape room as a living history UK team. That was, that was great fun. Mainly moreover for me, because it was arguably the only point of the weekend where I sat back and thought, this is nice and relaxing actually. And the, the sort of breaks like, you know, went on and I just thought I'll sit here for the next hour and take this in and be a part of it. And for that hour, I was just completely absorbed in trying to decipher the codes uh, as part of this uh, escape room but yeah as Pete said it was uh, it was supposed to be aimed at 13 year olds and we although we put a sterling performance in we didn't uh, get the uh, final code cracked but nonetheless it was great fun uh, so the the two outstanding points for me in fact there's one that's head and shoulders above all um, first of all 
before we get onto that, was seeing the sort of um, surge of people on the Saturday morning coming through the gate down to uh, to where we were in Skipping's Barn to the stall to come and speak to us and talk history. All these people who've followed the accounts on, on social media, whether it be TikTok or YouTube, Instagram, and they've commented and they've asked questions, scratched our brains, but for the very first time, they've actually had the chance to come up in person to us and and sort of speak to us and, and you know say that they, they enjoy what we do, ask us questions, and also put forward ideas for what they want to see in the future, which is really important because whether it be this podcast or whether it be any of our social media outlets, it's always the people that follow us on there that make us, you know, what, what we are, let's say. Because if we put videos out there and people didn't watch them and engage with them, there'd be no point. So we have to always be um, sort of mindful of what people obviously want to see and in case of the podcast, what they want to hear. However, the number one memory for me that I took away from the weekend, and I still look back at it now and just think, wow, um, was, was on a Saturday uh, mid-morning. There was a, a young lad came up to me uh, with his mom as opposed to an old lad with his mom. But anyway, a young lad came up to me uh, with his mom and his mom said, are you Steve? And I says, I am indeed. Yes. I said, hi, are you okay? And she went, oh, my son's got something for you. And he had this poster that he'd made and he'd got four pieces of A4 paper that he'd, he'd sellotaped together. And on there he'd put emblazoned on it in um, huge capital letters colored in. He put keep history alive on there. And he'd put like the union flag on there. Um, on one side with like a Spitfire and some tanks and infantry, and on the other side was the, the German uh, World War II flag with uh, you know German tanks and so forth. And this lad must have only been about eight or nine years old. And I just thought, in that moment, I was I was actually lost for words. And like, even thinking about it now, I just couldn't believe that you know something which we do, which is, can be seen seen as quite a faceless entity in terms of what we do on social media, is actually having a major effect on people, and it's actually getting that uh, message through to say that actually history is really interesting, get engaged with it. And these younger generation who often get slated rather unfairly are actually engaging with not just what we do, but they're speaking with um, passion and saying, we're learning about World War II and the Second World War and watching your videos has taught me so much and it's got me hungry to find out more. So that was absolutely outstanding. But I've got to mention as well, because um, there's so many great moments, but I've got to mention this too, was meeting the, um, the descendants of Arthur Griffiths, who was the um, chap from World War One, whose pay book fell into uh, our possession as Living History UK. It was donated to us. And with some work with Adam from Reddles Going Home, we managed to track down not just the descendants who came to the festival and picked up the pay book from us and we put a nice video on social media. And, uh, and it's included in the uh, YouTube video from the festival, which the link for that is in the description of this podcast. But we also managed to paint the picture of Arthur's um, World War One service as well, which was really important. So that was a real nice sense of uh, closure and fulfillment on my part. But uh, but Pete, I'll be eager because we haven't really spoke that much about the, the festival since. So I'll be really keen to hear what your um, your sort of number one, maybe number two takeaway points are from from it. So far away. Yeah, so I can remember that lad coming up to us because at the time we were actually doing the filming for the paybook at that time. Um, and when he uh, obviously came up to you and uh, showed you the poster, and I, and I, I obviously I, I know you quite well, Steve, and I saw how taken aback you was from it. 
And it almost started, like, almost was like an awkward silence. So I was like, right, it's time for Pete's time to shine. Because <laughs> um, obviously that weekend, we'd also run a competition as well to win enamel mugs. So the first people to come up to us and say, keep history alive, uh, got a mug. And um, obviously because he wrote keep history alive on the poster. Um, yeah, just turned around to that sort of dived i was like well for the medium of written word you have won the cup for today <laughs> so i think he was quite chuffed with that he got himself a little little uh a white enamel mug <laughs> but uh yeah so my favorite bit of the weekend one of them was uh was actually seeing a lot of old friends as well uh was the big one for me um because i've I, i've been on i've been on the circuit for many years now, as like a few of you might well know, and where you sort of move around in these different circles, so I've had a certain time, you know, going through all these different time periods, and that you lose touch with some people, or in general, you know, where you know from the last two years where we haven't been doing anything, all these people are now suddenly all in one site as well. So it's it was really nice sort of catching up with those people as well, and probably the highlight for me was people. I hold in quite high regard in the living history circuit actually coming up to me and saying, this is a fantastic event. You lads have done so well. And they, and they, and they weren't like, you know, they weren't trying to big it up or nothing like that. They were, they were, they were being genuine in what they were saying, because these aren't the sort of people that would like, that, that would like lie in that way. You know, if they told you, if they thought it was rubbish, they'd tell you. And for those individuals to come up to me and say, what you lads have pulled off here is absolutely outstanding. And we want to come back next year. If you're doing this next year, we want in. And to hear that from those leading figures from the community, um, I think that's what made it for me. Cause that, cause hearing that from them was sort of my validation is that we got it right. Well, we got it right for them. And that's what we said. And like we said in the beginning, that's what we set out to do. You know, it was an event for the living historians as well as the public. And for them to say that, I think we we got it right. Yeah, 100%, Pete. And as you say, to have, you know, people um, who, um, you know, are sort of esteemed within the hobby, so to speak, for them to actually say, you know, that we've that we've got something special here and that that we've put on an event that they're enjoying, you know, that. It's it's fulfilling and also it, it makes you feel proud in you know in the final product of, of what we did and you know not to blow our own trumpet or anything but I believe that we put on a very good event um, and you know and I've I've had some people who were saying that they would have rather been at our event than say other events that happened the same weekend another event just outside of Birmingham starting with the letter A that they uh, they would rather be at our event than than that event uh you know which speaks very highly of of the product and the uh, and the event that we put on and when i sat could uh, as you said earlier about those those quiet moments uh you know where you could sit back and relax well albeit at the time i, w- I wouldn't have been you know 100 relaxed but when i when i was a sort of ma- manning the stall it was it was great you could have a really good vantage point over the event where we were sat in the barn and to be able to have a good view of obviously not only the participants, the, uh, the reenactors having a good time, but the public and seeing seeing the public 
you know, walk around smiling on their faces, you know, engaging with the reenactors. It was again, very fulfilling feeling. And um, one of the, one of my um, favorite uh, things from the weekend was there was a group of lads sort of in their mid to late twenties who had sort of heard about the event through TikTok and Instagram, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, just, just, you know, a group of lads who came out for the weekend, who, you know, and they said, you know, we don't, we don't normally go to stuff like this, but you know, we, we, we wanted to, we sort of almost felt compelled to come and do so. And, you know, they were, they were having the time of their lives. They were really engaging. I've, to be honest with them, uh, with you, that was probably the longest I've, I've sat speaking to a member of the public um, was with this, with this group of lads, again, just hungry to learn more um, and, and just, and asking, you know, insightful questions and like some questions that, that uh, some of those in the hobby will, will definitely uh, agree with when I say, you know, sometimes the public don't exactly ask the most intriguing um and brain stimulating questions but these blokes had their finger on the button and were asking the right sort of questions and you know it was great that we would you know people who you not necessarily you'd you'd assume to be um to come to these sort of things um, and also as I, as I said earlier outright saying they wouldn't normally but to you know for them to actually come out you know we must be we must be we must be onto something um onto something good to, you know, make people sit up, so to speak, and want to start participating in, in learning about, you know, the nation's heritage. Um, and I think this weekend is certainly first rung on the ladder of, you know, something, you know, considerably bigger. It's all, um, it's all onwards and upwards chaps. Indeed. It very much is. So it's, it's, it's been an event. I'll be honest. I, I didn't envisage, as I said earlier, I didn't envisage it would be such a resounding success as it was. But capitalising on the fact that it has been, we're now focusing firmly on next year. Now, as I said, we don't have any details for you folks just yet, but we can tell you the festival is going to happen next year. There's no doubt about that. And once we've got information, we'll be able to, to put that out. But we will be hosting a, a one-day special event in September, which is... Uh, to be announced it's been confirmed but we will be announcing it uh, very soon but before uh, before we go down the realms of sort of finishing the episode we've kind of saved dare i say the, the best to last so we've mentioned a few names of people who've helped us out um, at the festival and made it possible behind the scenes and pulled strings and i think possibly one of the best people to uh, sort of go go down the realms of thanking people for coming is going to arguably be Mr. Peter Neal of Living History UK fame. So Pete, do you want to give us a rundown of, of all the specific people from the crew of the festival who made the um, made the event actually happen there and then? Yeah, so as uh, mentioned before, it was Les um, who came along. So massive thanks to Les and John Shanahan as well. Uh, he came, he literally came all the way from Southern Ireland just to help us out for the weekend, um, which was, well, it was a, that was an amazing, uh, I want to say commitment, really, because, yeah, he literally travelled all the way from Ireland just just purely to help us out and to make, make this happen. So, you know, thanks, John, for that. And we can't forget Chuckles either, because Chuckles, he actually fed the living historians on site. He set up his uh, World War II field kitchen and um, and he ended up feeding uh, a large proportion of all the living historians. So um, and 
all we heard all weekend was great things from him, from uh, his catering. But uh, yeah, if, if, it, if, uh, if it hadn't been very nice, I'd have uh, questioned his career path, <laughs> to be quite honest. <laughs> but yeah, he did an absolutely outstanding job as well. Um, who else am I thinking of uh, there and then? Um... Ned. Yes, Ned. So Ned, he is a member of As a Guy with Asia, um, and we needed some. Uh, well, we need posters basically, and uh, and Ned, he go. He was. Oh, I could. I could design a poster for you. So we gave him some images, gave him a rough idea of what we wanted, and uh, yeah, and he came up with the goods, um, and he came up with the outstanding, the outstanding flyers and posters for the event. So without Ned doing that, we wouldn't have had the. Uh, exquisite posters that we had um i think he was really chuffed with the living history uk t-shirt that we gave him as well um on the saturday afternoon um i think he was that he was that pleased that we were going to uh sort of give him a token of our esteem um because uh he basically he dressed up um he, he got all dressed up in his uh what was it uh like barrack dress his Rhodesian barrack dress to come and receive his T-shirt, which was absolutely outstanding. Uh, and there's a cracking picture of us as well, uh, giving him the T-shirt as well. So that was absolutely brilliant, uh, that was. Yes, I don't think I've ever seen a human being look more pleased in his life than Ned receiving the T-shirt. And of course, the signed, um, the signed photograph of the three of us. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that, yeah. Yeah, we gave him a side picture of the three of us as well. <laughs> oh, dear. Thank you very much for listening to this instalment of the Uncontemptible podcast. I've been your host, Dominic Blythe. And of course, I've been ever dutifully joined by my two colleagues, Pete Neal and Stephen Davis. The documentary on the uh, event itself will be on YouTube, the link will be found on there, and of course, um, will be available for our ever dutiful patrons, and of course, any other um, information such as that regarding to uh, any other escapades on film will be found in the link below. Thank you very much. This is we have been the Young Contemptibles. <laughs>